Welcome, welcome, welcome to Above Replacement Radio. I am your host, Chris Gianta. You know what Christy Mathewson wasn't worried about? S-I-E-R-A. When you're thinking about Pedro Siriaco, I mean, the only one that can compete is maybe uh, Hannes Wagner's 1908 season. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Kern. Like, if we just clip together every time we've talked about him on other people's profiles, we've done a Mickey Cochran episode. I can't get past Rabbit Marinville. It's it's not necessarily Hall of Fame. It's not necessarily above average, but we can guarantee you we are better than just the standard replacement level college sophomore. And welcome to Above Replacement Radio, where we're talking baseball kind of whenever. I am your host, Chris Gianta. Over there on the other side of the screen is Daniel Curran. How you doing, Daniel? Chris, I'm doing pretty well today. We were going to record on Sunday, but uh, my internet decided that we weren't going to. So uh, now it is Monday at 11 o'clock and uh, we're going. There's two hours till the first game starts today. So some of this, some of the information in this podcast might be dated by the time you're listening to this because Rays and Blue Jays are going to be underway. But nonetheless, we're going. Right. Yeah. Well, you know, hopefully we can uh, avoid some of those teams in terms of talking about their statistical data. But uh, what can you do? Anyway, uh, we you know we have a, a little bit to talk about here. Uh, first of all, we have to talk about we have to talk about a thing we completely forgot to address last week, and I think luckily we didn't because we already had a, a lot of things to talk about already uh, in la- in our last episode. But <clears throat> the best player in baseball, Mike Trout, uh, you know, it was announced that he was going to be out for six to eight weeks with a right calf strain and uh, really puts uh, puts him behind, behind the eight ball, definitely puts the angels behind the eight ball and uh, not, not, not when you want to hear uh, whatsoever. Yeah. I mean, I can donate uh, whatever he needs. I can be a donor. I don't, I don't need any of my body parts. He needs it more than I do. So uh, I, I would be willing to help out in this case. Yeah. Yeah. Six to eight weeks. And, you know, you could argue that Mike Trout was having uh, his best season uh, in his career thus far until uh, until this injury happened. You know, he was he was actually kind of slumping down to a OPS below eleven hundred. But, you know, top of the leaderboards in OPS uh, on base percentage. And uh, a variety of other of other statistics, and um, I, you know, probably takes him out of the MVP race. Uh, unfortunately for us, as we, you know, both predicted, he would be the MVP of the American League. Yeah. But I mean, three of our three of our six MVP picks are gone. Yeah. Right. It's true, and uh, I don't know what what kind of takeaways do we have from this. Uh, this is just so bad for baseball as a whole. Like, I mean, I know the Angels are the real losers here because they're losing their not only their best player, but just like the key to their success, essentially. You know, like Rendon hasn't really been getting it, getting it going lately. Otani and Walsh can only do so much. Uh, the pitching has just been the Angels pitching. Dylan Bundy hasn't been up to it. Uh, Andrew Heaney hasn't really developed the way everyone would hope. Same with Griffin Canning. Like, this team is just – they've been underperforming as a whole, you know. 
I had them finishing second in, the, in this division behind the Astros. I had them beating the Oakland Athletics. Uh, but as a team, they've been struggling, and it's not going to get any better with this injury. Yeah, very, uh, very much so. <clears throat> and yeah, like there's been a few shining stars with the Angels thus far, and then not a whole lot else. It's just been, you know, Otani and Trout have been stealing the show for them. But, you know, the surrounding cast outside of possibly like Jared Walsh has just been uh, generally underperforming, especially especially in the pitching department. You know, Dylan Bundy after a, after a great year last year and a guy who is looking to be one of the premier free agent pitchers after this season now has a 6.5 ERA uh, with the with the Angels this year. Yeah, but, I- and I mean, to keep with injuries, like three of their starters from opening day are out for uh, a decent amount of time. Dexter Fowler's out for the year with a torn ACL. Max Stassi had a concussion. Uh, he doesn't have a timetable right now, and now Mike Trout. So, I mean, like this team, you know, the injury bug has been a problem. They had one of the better lineups in the league, in my opinion, but now you have Taylor Ward starting for your team. You have Drew Butera starting for your team. You have Phil Gosselin. Like this is not a playoff team at all. Yeah, it does make me curious now uh, what the team did when Trout was out in 2017. Um, and they were kind of in a similar, probably similar situation. As I they mean, were. like even with Trout, like the division was far less competitive then than it is now because right. the Astros won that division by like 35 games. So, yeah. like, I don't know. To me, like, they just, they obviously were not going to do anything uh, in that division, whether trial was there or not. I mean, maybe you could have made a wild card, but what the Yankees, the Twins won like, what, 93 games that year or something like that? 90 something? Um, yeah. I, it would have taken a lot for the playoffs. Yeah, I'm not sure, but uh, I'm just trying to look at the schedule and results. You know, just the Yankees for... won like 91, I think. Yeah, the yeah. Ones. So the Twins probably won like high 80s or something like that. Yeah. Um, Yankees were a sub-500 team, too. So, I mean, it would have taken a lot um, in the time Trout was hurt. Right, right. Um, let's see, let's see. So, Trout was out from May 28th to July 14th in 2017. And uh, they ended up going about – they ended up going a game below 500 – while he was out so you know definitely not a correlation doesn't equal causation but uh not really that much of an effect so they probably had an easier schedule but yeah it's uh it's definitely a blow to the los angeles angels of anaheim as we know them um because i mean he was one of their very few shining stars and now they're now he's not going to be here for a couple months yeah, this just, I mean, this hurts baseball as a whole, too. Like, the league is just better when Mike Trout is on, regardless of how the Angels are playing. Like, people love seeing Mike Trout highlights no matter what he's doing. Every time he homers, you see it, even if they're losing 6 to six to 15 in the, in like the eighth inning of a game. Like, everyone loves seeing Trout highlights. Everyone loves seeing him play well, and it, it's going to hurt. Probably not seeing him at the All Star game this year in Colorado. Um, Unless, unless he comes back, like, I mean, he'll still probably get fan voted in regardless, but I mean, he'd have to be back in the six weeks within the six to eight time frame, realistically. 
That's right. That's right. Um, I don't think I really have much else to say on the matter. Do you? Uh, I don't. I mean, like, is this a, is this like a beginning of the end for like Joe Madden maybe? Potentially. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, the angels have come in and, you know, after hiring Joe Madden, they've underperformed even without that high of expectations they've underperformed. So it's, it's potentially, you know, if they, if they do bad under this, uh, under this stretch without trout, uh, it could potentially be a thing uh, where Joe Madden kind of gets the blame for it. Yeah. I mean, they yeah. were like, like I said, like I had him finishing second in the division this year. Um, so under 500 is not acceptable in my opinion. And I think, I think it does start with Joe Madden. I think this team needs a culture change once again. Um, I mean, what they had Mike Sosha for a while, who is sort of old school. I don't want to say Joe Madden is old school because he very much is not, but I just don't think he's the right fit for the Angels right now. I really do feel like they need a younger sort of guy like most teams do right now because that's kind of the new wave of managers. Uh, but I guess we'll have to see. Yeah, and also you have to consider the Angels really did – nothing in the off season outside of get Rizal Iglesias and Jose Iglesias, which are two. Maybe what they got Alex Cobb and Jose Quintana and Dexter Fowler, but Dexter Fowler is kind of a non-factor because of his injury. And who yeah, knows they, they right now? They did not do anything major despite having some, some decent pitchers on the market or decent starting pitchers on the market. They only got Cobb and Quintana and yeah. Um, could be, could be a thing to blame on both the, uh, you know, front office and also uh, management on the field. But, uh, you know, who knows what will happen with the Los Angeles Angels. They are not really in a competitive situation uh, as it stands right now. However, the Cleveland Indians have kind of put themselves in a uh, competitive situation. I believe they're second in the American League Central. However, they lost uh, one of their biggest offensive contributors, Fran Mel Reyes, for five to seven weeks with, I forget what the injury was, but he is out five to seven weeks. I think it was an oblique. Yeah. And this was someone who was having uh, his best season thus far. And also, you know, he had the second second highest OPS on the Indians uh, behind, you know, reigning MVP runner-up. Uh, Jose Ramirez and it's a team that you know does not have a lot of offense and when you lose someone like Reyes it's very very bad um, I'm just gonna say this you you mentioned you know the Indians have put themselves in this position where they're competitive uh, I I would I would say that they're the rest of the division has put the Indians in this position uh, I don't really see them as being that competitive of a team they have a negative two run differential uh, they're a game and a half behind the White Sox, who, I mean, I don't know if you watched their series against the Yankees this weekend, but uh, Tony La Russa pretty much threw the game on Sunday. Friday was obviously very unlucky. You ground into a triple play. Uh, that's never a good, that's never, you know, that's very luck-based. Uh, and the Royals obviously fell, and the Tigers of the Tigers and the Twins of, uh, have severely underperformed. But the Indians, nonetheless, uh, Fremio Reyes is one of two regular offensive uh, contributors to have a weighted runs created plus above above 100 
Uh, his is 139. So it's pretty much just the Jose Ramirez show in Cleveland now. Yeah, from from an offensive perspective, that's very true. And I mean, I guess the uh, the thing that that uh, Indians fans can be sort of sort of optimistic about is, you know, they didn't really have any offense last year, and they were able to uh, succeed. You know, not saying eight game that eighteen playoff, they wouldn't have made it in the normal playoff, would they? Uh, yeah, I think so. They had a better record than the Yankees, and maybe you're maybe you're right. And they they had the advantage over the White Sox, which is why they got the four seed. Yeah, they would have been a tiebreaker game then. Um, potentially, I've what what would it have been? I think it would have been. Indians White Sox in the wild card game is what it would have been. Let me look. Um, With the Yankees, the first team out, you know, Astros obviously not in. Yeah, you're right. It would have been Cleveland White Sox in the wild card game. Okay. So, yeah, they they, they would have hosted the wild card game, but that was only only over a 60 game sample. And you also had Shane Bieber putting up a 281 ERA plus. And you're, I mean, you're not going to have that this year as good as he is. Yeah. Uh, They had an, they had an 86 uh, team OPS plus last year. This year it's uh, this year it's even worse. And I guess you know not having Reyes in there will also make it worse. But it does kind of uh, tranquilize kind of your hopes for for the team, especially now that it's harder to get into the playoffs. Yeah, it does. Um, this is, I mean, yeah, this is a very brutal injury for the Indians. Yeah, um, like I said, it's basically the Jose Ramirez show now. Yeah, he's been uh, yeah, R- Ramirez has been consistently good, but you know, now you don't have, you don't have Lindor. Obviously, he's on the New York Mets, and uh, Reyes was the biggest uh, offensive contributor outside of that. And yeah, it was uh, it's not not good to see at all you know 11 home runs this year also second most on the team uh led the team in rbi as well uh was someone who was consistently in the middle of the lineup uh yeah but he's the team in slugging right now even even if you count all the non-qualifiers he still leads the indians in slugging and tristan Tristan mckenzie has an 185 weighted runs created plus he had a random single Hmm. so right so, so yeah, Reyes, uh, Reyes being out puts Cleveland's lineup in a tough situation. But now on to uh, another piece of news. Uh, so the Tampa Bay Rays on Friday uh, made a, a deal that opened some eyes, maybe not because of the trade, but maybe what the trade implied for um, – one or two of their prospects. Uh, they traded Willie Adamas for uh, two relievers. I think there might have been someone else also be going to Milwaukee, but uh, they got Drew Rasmussen and what was it, JP? JP Fire Risen. Fire Risen. The, the Fire Hose. Yeah, JP Fire Risen. They're going to Tampa Bay. Uh, now, you know, I haven't done too much research into either of them but i'm curious as to uh i can i can tell you everything you need to know 
yeah, I'm curious as to what those two bring to the table, but it was kind of implied that maybe the Rays were giving a shot at Wander Franco. However, that's probably not going to happen, and they're going to have another shortstop prospect. Taylor Walls came up. Com- I mean, even like Ruhan too, like it could have been him. Uh, it could have been who? Vidal Ruhan. He's another top prospect in middle infielder. Yeah, very, yeah, could have been another guy like that. So yeah, they had plenty of depth at the position. So uh, they they ended up trading Willie Adamas. So usually when these trades happen, Chris, I'm usually I'm usually pretty neutral on it. I usually understand both sides of it. I cannot believe the Brewers gave up this much. I seriously can't believe it. Like this is, I think the Rays absolutely fleeced uh, the Brewers in this deal. Willie Adam- I get that, but I get the Brewers' motive here. They have the 26th best uh, F4 from their shortstops with 0.1. Uh, so that's obviously a desperate need of theirs. Their shortstops are hitting 190, 291, 332 this season with a 73 weighted runs created plus. So I certainly understand the motive for this deal. But I mean, giving up two, I mean, I get the Rasmussen wasn't exactly one of their key bullpen pitchers, but Fire Eisen was right up there, like with, um, with, Hader and Williams in the back end. Yeah, I'm like I'm looking at the stats now. It's he was very very good. Two nine five ERA. Um, you know, an expected ERA right around right around there. Uh, uh, keep this yeah. in mind. JP Fireisen, like you just mentioned, a two ninety five ERA. He had one particular outing, Chris, where he had four earned runs in one third of an inning on May sixteenth against Tampa. I know you can't just take that out, but if you took that out. He was a 129 ERA this year. Wow. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's obviously really good. He has 23 strikeouts and 21 and a third innings pitched. His expected batting average is in the 89th percentile. That's his, his whiff percentage is in the 99th. Uh, he's getting, he has some of the best swing and miss stuff in the game. And then now you're going to put him on the Rays where they, you know, they know how to treat their bullpen pitchers. Um, like this is going to be dangerous. I seriously, I remember I tweeted right after it happened. He's going to make a name for himself in October. Like I could see him being this year's Pete Fairbanks. Yeah. That's a very good point. Yeah. Like, yeah, you look at the savant stuff, you know, he's his fastball spin rate is in the 97th percentile. You know, that, that just kind of jumps off the page for you. Uh, also this particular year, uh, his line drive percentage is 16.3%. The league average is 25.6%. So he's very well below league average. So, and yeah, um, uh, the strikeout numbers are also very good. 27.4% of his uh, batters faced ended in strikeouts. So yeah, he's a, uh, I think yeah, that's a very good pickup and the Rays clearly didn't really need Willie Adamas, especially after what he's done this year. The Rays did not need Willie Adamas, but the Brewers, I feel like they, like the Brewers, do you want to guess their uh, cumulative reliever F4 this year? Um, This year? Yeah. Hmm. That's a good question. Uh, or where, where it ranks. You can do that too. Yeah, that's fine with me. Uh, is it like 20th? 22nd. 22nd they have negative 0.1 yeah bullpen has lost more games for them than they've won and they just traded one of their better bullpen pitchers weird yeah like weird devin williams has 
I mean, he Devin Williams is up to way too much of expectations just because he was crazy last year. Um, and like, you're, obviously, he's not going to have an 033 ERA this year, uh, but he is a 386, and I feel like you know we could. And he has a 30 percent home run to fly ball rate, so I feel like we could expect we should be expecting more from him as well. Anyway, uh, Hater's been Hater. Like, I mean, he's been his regular self. Fire Eisen was the second best reliever that they had in F4 behind Hater. Yeah, weird. Really, really his, weird. Only, his only real problem is that he, he walks five guys per nine. But, uh, I mean, naturally that's just going to come down, especially in Tampa, because, I mean, they, they obviously know what they're doing with their bullpen pitchers. They're going to figure out different ways to use him. Drew Rasmussen also, we haven't talked about him. Uh, he is a 13.24 striker per nine. He has 25, 25 strikeouts and 17 innings pitch, 6.3 walks per nine. So obviously the walks need to come down, but naturally it's not just going to stay at 6.3 for the whole season. Yeah. Yeah. And what are the hits per nine for those guys? Um, Does, Savant, or does Fangraphs have hits per nine? Uh, where do I, I can... get? Is it under standard or something? I don't know. Do they have whip or something? Because you know, if uh, if they have high walks per nine but low hits per nine, it kind of evens out. Uh, I mean, let me just go to Baseball Reference now that you mentioned that. Because yeah, I, mean, I, I mean, like I said, I can't believe the Brewers gave up the fire hose that easily. I thought they should have kept him. Fire Horizon um, has four point six hits per nine, so that's he very actually good. walks more guys than he allows hits. So that's uh something to something Walks to look at. Uh, and then Rasmussen is six point nine hits per nine. Yeah, kind of. I mean, that's not obviously that's right around where his walk rate is. So I mean, Rasmussen can certainly be better. Uh, but I mean, Fireizen is the real prize for the for the Tampa Bay Rays in this trade. And Willie Adamas, um, he had a one twenty four weighted runs created plus last season, uh, which was pretty good. But I mean, it's in a sixty game sample. Uh, this year, he's been struggling a lot more. He's an 84 weighted runs created plus, or 81, excuse me. Um, so that obviously isn't great. Um, but nonetheless, it's certainly a, an upgrade over Luis Arias and Orlando Arcia. Yeah. How, yeah. Kind of disappointing how both of those players did just have not panned out thus far. Like Arias was like a top 30 prospect uh, a few years ago. RC was a top like five. Yeah. And yeah, Arias, by the way, did the Padres uh, win that Grisham <laughs> Arias yes. deal or what? And they got you Darvish out of Davies. Right. Yeah. That was a, that was a 500 IQ move by AJ Preller. Yeah. Oh my God. Right. And they didn't they get Drew Pomerantz too, or is that a free agent signing? Uh, they they signed, yeah, they signed Arnie, him. Yeah. yeah, that was what it was. I, there was another player that went from Milwaukee to San Diego, or from San Diego to Milwaukee. Um, I'm trying like. to think. Let me let me look this up. But man, yeah, it seemed pretty even at the time, and I might have even leaned towards Milwaukee winning the deal because I had heard good things about Urias, but Trent Grisham has been. Uh, one of the best. Oh, Eric Lauer. Eric Lauer. Oh right. Oh, that's tough. Yeah. Wow. So, 
yeah uh some something to think about there yeah adamas um it's it's kind of weird you know he got according to baseball savant numbers he got lucky last year he's getting unlucky this year his expected stats are actually kind of uh willie adamas is right around league average as a hitter yeah right yeah and his expected weighted on base average is actually better than it was last year and it's you know very small sample size so uh, but yeah, I mean, he's kind of a league average hitter. I don't know what he uh, does in the field. Uh, it's it's it says he's like a little below league average, except in 2019, where he did very well in 2019 defensively. Uh, that, according that to out above average? Yeah, outs above average. So, you know, I guess it is an upgrade. I haven't really seen what Arias and Arcia have done. Arcia is uh, tearing it up in the minors. Orlando Arcia? Yeah, with the Braves. He was a 1090 OPS last I checked. Oh, right. Yeah, he's not even on the Brewers anymore. Yeah, they traded him to the Braves. I forgot about I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Arias, interesting. I guess, yeah, Arias has, a, has better numbers than... Uh, than Adamus right now, but Adamus probably has the better track record. Uh, any more on the trade? Honestly, I got nothing. So, uh, also, if if anyone has been tracking social media lately, you've probably been hearing about the New York Yankees starting rotation. Uh, obviously, the the headliner of those performances was Corey Kluber's no hitter, but you know, for the past like month. They've been doing uh, very well. What do what do you have about uh, what do you have about the Yankees rotation? Well, I mean, they've gone an entire turn through the rotation without any starter allowing an earned run. Uh, that's impressive in itself. That's thirty five innings pitched over the last five games where nobody has allowed an earned run, um, which is I mean that's insanity. That doesn't happen. Um, looking at team pitch, I'm just I'm going over team pitching stats right now. Um, just to see like exact numbers, like peripherals, fifth, you know, how lucky they got, whatever. Um, and that'll be up in just a second. Um, but what I mean, it was Corey Kluber's no hitter. It was, uh, Domingo Herman. Um, it was Jamison Tyon, Garrett Cole and Jordan Montgomery. Yeah. They had an, well, I think I picked the wrong date here because it says Yankee starters of an 092 ERA, and that doesn't make any sense. Um, was it was it the 19th that Corey Kluber threw his no hitter? I think it, it was. was the- uh, it was Wednesday, the 19th. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Um, yeah, uh, I'm gonna look at what they've done, at least in the month of May. What these? What these? Uh, okay, here we go. Little... They have a one. They have a one point six nine FIP and the three point. They have wow. They have one point six wins above replacement in five games. That's yeah. Insane. That's crazy. That is nuts. Uh, the Marlins and White Sox both have one point uh, Marlins, by the way, Cody Poteet has uh, been killing it lately. I don't know if he was your how about that. I hope he wasn't now. But uh, he was, uh, he's 2-0 with a 106 ERA through three starts. But anyway, uh, the Yankees 
Uh, they have a let's see, they lead the league in not strikeouts per nine. They had nine point two six, which is very good. Walks per nine was excellent. They had one point five four. That is that leads the American League. Um, home runs per nine. They played in that. They played in you know the small park in Yankee Stadium, the big park in Texas. They allowed none. The only other team that allowed none was their counterparts in the New York Mets. They had a one ninety eight BABIP against. Uh, that is that led the American League. Uh, obviously, the left on base percentage was 100%, as, as you can very well imagine. Ground ball percentage, they were sixth in the majors. Home run to fly balls, they were none, obviously. Um, and then ERA was obviously a zero, FIP and XFIP, they were both leading as well. So, I mean, you know, in all, shout out to the Yankee fans that wanted Aaron Boone fired when they were uh, at six and 11. They're, they are <laughs> 22 and eight. Wow. Uh, yeah. In the last five turns through the rotation, I guess, maybe unofficially, Corey Kluber, 35 and a third innings pitched, 1.780 ERA. Garrett Cole, 33 innings pitched, 1.91 ERA. The strikeouts per nine in that sample. And Domingo Herman, 31 and a third innings pitched, 1.72 ERA. He actually has the lowest ERA uh, out of that group. Cole. Um, what is what is Garrett Cole's strikeouts per nine in that sample? Actually, a little underwhelming, 11.45. And it was very disappointing. But only 1.36 walks per nine, so very high ratio. Yep. But, yeah, uh, they've been uh, they've been killing it for, you know, a little longer than I think people have realized. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean, because, like, their struggles get projected far more than their successes just because they're expected to be, you know, the Yankees. So when they're six and eleven, it's a national story. Yeah, that's very true. Yeah, um, the AL East has been a dogfight. Like the Red Sox are still clinging on to first. The Rays have won ten in a row, and the Yankees are are going. Yeah, it just seems like the Red Sox just keep winning two out of three consistently, and then just teams will just randomly sweep. Just randomly just go about and go on crazy winning streaks. By the way. Uh, Yankees since April 26th, their starters have a 2.60 ERA. Uh, or actually, I should probably see where that ranks in uh, the majors. But yeah, um, yeah, the Red Sox have been the division leaders since I think probably like mid-April. But you know, teams are ready to catch up. The Rays still on that winning streak, right? Uh, yeah, they've won ten in a row. Yeah, so they're looking very dangerous. Uh, the Rays this week are playing. I don't think they're playing today because most teams are off today. Oh, no, they're playing the Blue Jays again. That's right. I literally mentioned that earlier in the show. They finish up with the Blue Jays, and then they play the Royals at home. That should be uh, that should be another sweep. Yep. I don't know if they're – isn't Danny Duffy on the IL, actually? I don't know. Yankees rotation, by the way, since April 26th, best starter ERA in, in baseball. Yep. So, you know, I mean, I pointed out the, the Giants rotation in the last episode, but maybe maybe it should have been about the Yankees. Uh, yeah, I mean, the Dodgers handed it to them, especially uh, was it Descalfani that studied yesterday? Yeah. <laughs> two and two thirds, 10 earned runs. Yep. That was something. Yeah, it was, his ERA jumped up one and a half runs, which is like do it. not 
not something you see very often this late into the season. It was crazy. I remember in uh, in 2019 when the Red Sox beat the Yankees 19 to three, and 12 of the runs came off Masahiro Tanaka, who had made the All Star game, and his ERA went uh, it went from like 2.7 to four. Man, that's that's pretty wild. Yep. Uh, yeah, two and two thirds, two ten earned runs, is uh not going to do it. It's it's it was tough. Um, but I mean, Alex Wood, Alex Wood did well, or he did all right. But the Giants lost a, a two to one ball game there, and then uh, they had Scott Casimir go. Yeah, I didn't even realize he was still in the league. Yeah, I mean, shout out to that guy. Just keep keep it on going. Yeah. Like, now I'm curious, because apparently that was his first start in... Like 2016? Since 2016. Like, five years, this guy has just been... That's in the 2008 race. Yeah, exactly. 2004. That's crazy. Yeah, it was literally his first start since 2016. Good for him. And he pitched pretty well. I mean, only four innings, but, you know, no walks. That's pretty good. Just the home runs were a bit of an issue. Yeah. I'm curious to w- see what he's been doing in the last five years. Yeah. I remember, you know, he was one of the best pitchers in the American League East. Uh, so he was in high A for one game in 2017. I'm guessing he had some sort of major injury because then in 2020 he played in an independent league he played for an independent league and then this year he played in triple a and uh had a 284 era or actually it was only one start six and a third two earned runs so i guess he looked good enough in in camp to coming up come on up for a start i don't know what their uh injury i don't know who he came in to replace for a game I'm trying to look at their roster right now, but uh, it wasn't Gossman, Wood, or Desclafani. I think Logan Webb, or either Logan Webb or Aaron Sanchez, one of the two, he came in to pitch for. So that that was pretty fun. But yeah, yeah, the Giants rotation or Anthony Desclafani did not fare well, but the Yankees rotation, they're uh. Looking like one of the better ones in baseball after after all the concerns about them, you know, previous to and don't forget Luis Severino's coming back. Uh yeah, right. Yeah. Is there is there any timetable on the guy? I don't believe so, but I'd say just like some point in the summer. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't really I mean, if listen, if the rest of the rotation is gonna be like this, it really doesn't matter when he comes back. Uh okay, on on Ben Graf had said he's questionable for the season, but that's kind of general. Uh, I mean, I, I'd say like my guess would be like July or August because I don't think I don't think Aaron Boone is going to rush him if the rest of the rotation is going to be you know is going to perform very well because they obviously don't desperately need him right now, but he's certainly a nice addition to have for a playoff run. Yeah, and that reminds me, there's like there's going to be no one, or unless I'm forgetting someone, there's like going to be no starting pitchers on the trade market this year Max Scherzer, and that's it all oh, right yeah max scherzer i didn't expect the nationals to do so poorly i did um but I was not hiring them uh yeah i'm trying to see 
you know, on the MLB trade rumors list, who is potentially on a non-competitive team this year that can be traded. I mean, yeah, I don't know. Not, not too I'll much. Now, by the way, that's a team I wasn't high on. That is starting to prove me wrong. They're thirteen and seven in May. Uh, the Cubs. Yeah. Right. Yeah, they. You know, they one, are one, two out of three against the Cardinals. Two games out of first. Yep, yeah, they're two some, games out of first. That's something to look at. <clears throat> um. Yeah, Brewers have been kind of out of it but i would expect them to recover they'll be fine um, i'm not worried they're, they're a very talented team yeah and they got yelich back now which is uh very very good for them he just <laughs> hit his he just hit his first home run of the year um if they can have him back for you know the next four months the cubs would be a uh never mind another one cubs would not be a playoff team they'd be the first team out of the wild card right now if the season ended today yeah the wild card wouldn't the wild card would be Dodgers and Giants, I, I, right? Because the Padres, Cardinals, and Mets are winning the divisions right now. All right. So I guess you know it's a that, that was kind of a prelude to our segments, as you know we were highlighting, highlighting something, you know, hi- highlighting a subject for a good reason, and now we're gonna do more of that for our uh, Monday. May 24th edition of How about that? So, uh, what subject do you have to highlight for this week? I'm looking at a guy who is on a team that's been underperforming this year, but he has certainly not been. I'm talking about Austin Riley today. Uh, through 47 games this season, he is batting, he's slashing 320 with a 414 OBP, 549 slugging for a 963 OPS. That's good for 159 weighted runs created plus. Now, if you're a true Austin Riley enthusiast like I am, you would know that in, 27, in 2019, when he first came up, he also did very well, but then he, he you know, cooled it down real heavy and ended up with a 80, with somewhere in the 80s weighted runs created plus that season. Well, the exact same sample, the 47 games in 2019, he was slashing 263, 320, 564, 884 for a 119 weighted runs created plus. So Austin Riley, this season is 40% better than what he was through this exact same sample in 2019, where he, he fell down to earth hard. So I'm talking about Austin Riley today. And by the way, uh, his walk percentage has been excellent. Uh, I think he's never walked more than 10% of the time and he's up to 11 now. And uh, his weighted run, his uh, wins above replacement coming into the season was, I believe, 0.1 or negative 0.1 or something like that. It is now 1.2 this season. So he has really turned it on. He's really doing what he was supposed to do all along this season so far. Wow. I did not know about uh, how successful he was this season, kind of carrying the Braves lineup. Yeah. He and a um, So Austin Riley. How about that? Uh my how about that? I couldn't really find I couldn't really find anyone else for this week. At least no one I was that confident in. But I think I probably should talk about this guy as he was actually one of my players to watch and he's still doing very well. Uh Richard Rodriguez. 
He's, you know, if you're unaware, closer for the Pittsburgh Pirates. And he has allowed six hits, walked one batter, and allowed one run in his 19 innings pitch this year. He is six for six in save opportunities, and he's also he also has a three and zero record. Uh, along with that, 100th percentile in expected ERA. And what's actually pretty pretty remarkable is he has pitched three times in extra innings and has not let anyone in any That's of those insane. times. That is insane. Yeah, with the runner on second, <laughs> runner on second, nobody out. He's pitched three times. And uh, has gotten out of that every single time, which is probably why he has a 3-0 record. Uh, you know, it's easy to get a loss in a situation like that. Uh, he also, Rod, uh, Richard Rodriguez has not allowed a base runner in 12 of his 18 plate appearances. Two out of three. And his 12 appearances without allowing a base runner are tied for the most this season. So Richard Rodriguez is getting a How about that? Richard Rodriguez, uh, very good and potential trade uh, target for teams needing bullpen help. You know, he's not a free agent after this year or the next year, but you know, the pirates don't really have a direction, so they can kind of trade him. That's the Dodgers for Gavin Lux. Yeah, exactly. They can, they can trade him, uh, you know, at, while he's hot, you know, get him, you know, trade tradable. The stock is high, as they say. So uh, he's been looking amazing and could probably help a playoff team out later on in the season. But now we go from the highs to the lows, where we're talking about players or subjects who have not been doing so hot. So now for our Monday, May 24th edition of Slightly Alarming. All right. So what uh, player do you have to highlight for the wrong reasons this episode? Yeah, um, I am talking about Jorge Soler today because he has been dreadful. He is slashing 182, 263, 331 for a 594 OPS. He has four home runs, and his home run percentage is 5% below what it was in 2019 when he set the all-time uh, Royals franchise record with, I believe, 43. Is that right? Um, it was, 45. it was somewhere in the forties. Yeah. I know Mustak has had 38 and he, he got over that. I think it was 45. Yeah. Um, his launch angle has increased by two and a half degrees above what it was in both 2019 and 2020. He had the same launch angle in both of those years and he's getting, uh, he's hitting the ball a little higher this year. And, uh, his percent of getting under the ball has gone up 7% from what it was last year. Uh, I believe it went from. I don't know the exact number, but I mean, he's the, the problem within Jorge Soler comes in where, where he's hitting the ball because he's, t- he's getting under it way too much. He's popping out more. Um, and that's, you know, that is a bad sign, especially when you play in a, in a pitcher friendly ballpark, no matter what kind of power you have. I mean, like that's, that's never a good sign. You want to be, you know, hitting line drives uh, at a, pretty much all times. Uh, his under percentage has gone from 21% to 27%. So it's increased by six degrees or yeah, 6%. Um, so that's an issue. And uh, yeah, Jorge Soler uh, has been, even with the, even with his average exit velocity and hard hit percentage in the 95th percentile, um, 
He has still been struggling mightily offensively, and his expected batting average is in the 26th percentile, uh, and his K rate's in the in the thir- in the 12th percentile. So that's never going to help. Jorge Soler. Slightly alarming. Um, yeah, yeah. Jorge Soler. Uh, actually, I looked it up on Baseball Reference. He had 48 home runs in a. Uh, yeah, okay, we were way off. Yeah, like it's crazy. And it also he had a 137 OPS plus. How do you how do you hit 48 home runs with a 137 OPS plus? <laughs> that's, that's not that's a that's a 2019 moment. Yes, it is very much so. Um so now uh my slightly alarming is uh, another AL Central outfielder. Um Last, uh, actually, this past offseason when he was acquired by Cleveland, I mentioned that he was one of just six outfielders to have a qualifying to have a qualifying season with an OPS plus of 105 or better every year from 2017 to 2020. However, now Eddie Eddie Rosario is hitting 212 with a 582 OPS through 42 games. Uh, this he had season. a decent start to the season too, so like that's probably even worse since a certain date. Yeah, uh, in fact, in his last 27 games, he is hitting 194 with a 496 Boom. OPS. We're on the same wavelength. Yeah, and since April 20th, he has the fourth lowest F WAR among 157 uh, qualifiers, and his ground ball percentage is the. Uh, is the highest and his launch angle is the lowest it's been since 2016. So not getting the ball in the air as much as he would like to um, getting, you know, weaker contact and running into outs more in general, as you know, he's known as someone who can hit the ball over the fence, but he only has three home runs thus far this year. So Eddie Rosario is looking slightly alarming, not the best. Yeah, not great with the Reyes injury as well, because you need, I mean, that, that like I said, I mean, Rosario's struggling, Reyes is gone, it's the Jose Ramirez show. Yeah, Rosario's, like, is someone you really expected to bring some offense to your outfield, but just the opposite. He caught the plague. He caught the plague that Fran Mil Reyes did not catch. Although, is, is Fran Mil Reyes more at dh or outfield he's a dh yeah so he, okay like, when he was in san diego he was an outfielder right right so yeah rosario caught the the indians outfielder plague that has just been uh out there since probably like grady sizemore injured himself or whatever it's been it's been there ever since but yeah not not the best so uh after after all that, we can get into uh, our preview of the weekend ahead, or the week ahead, as we just finished the week weekend. Uh, any any series in particular uh, tickling your fancy? Uh, I'm not even gonna look at a series. I'm looking at one particular game that everybody should have to have to tune in on. On Wednesday, Chris, Dodgers Astros in Houston. The probable starter for the Los Angeles Dodgers is Trevor Bauer. Oh, right. He will be facing Houston in Minute Maid Park for the first time uh, since 2018, I believe, when he lost to, you know, lost in the playoffs with Cleveland. Um, 
this is going to be so much fun because since 2018, it's sort of been Trevor Bauer versus the world with this Houston thing. And it's going to be Trevor Bauer versus the world in Minute Maid Park on Wednesday. Uh, you know, he was, you know, you, I'm sure you saw over the weekend when he left the game against the Giants, he was doing like the, the you know, I can't hear you sort of thing. Yep. I cannot imagine the shenanigans he's going to be pulling if he slices and dices the Astros on Wednesday. I cannot wait. Yeah, man. Because you know what? It's going to be entertaining either way. Like either he's going to get rocked and it's just going to, I'm very interested to see what happens there or he's going to dominate and he's going to be doing cartwheels on the mound after every strikeout. It's going to be a show. Yeah, I I didn't even I didn't even realize the possibility of that happening. Uh, yep. This, this upcoming uh, this upcoming series. Don't even. I mean, the rest of the series will be cool as well because you know Joe Kelly, the return of him in Houston. But I mean, the game to watch is Wednesday. Yeah, and Houston, I know they had a half capacity, uh, like at the start of the season. They might even be at full capacity now, so going to be a lot of booze being thrown. Bowers way and potentially Joe Kelly's way if he gets in the game if he gets out out on the mound yeah that's that's gonna be fun definitely will be more fun once the series hits uh Los Angeles which I believe will be happening in August yeah I mean I just like I mean I really just care about Trevor Bauer in Houston because I mean he's been going out that entire fan base for years since before the scandal even happened it's obviously his first time facing them since the scandal the news broke um it's gonna yeah. be it's gonna be so much fun it's it's destiny it like yeah. this needed to happen i'm glad it i'm glad it is happening um my uh my series to watch uh kind of interesting a team that's been doing very hot and a team that's been doing kind of cold uh brewers versus padres in milwaukee uh milwaukee actually swept them earlier in the season in a three gamer uh, before the Padres went to face the Dodgers. But uh, maybe the Brewers are trying to recover. They have some of their best pitchers going. It's actually, And this is going to be a four-gamer in Milwaukee. However, the Padres have won, what, nine in a row or something like that? In a row, yep. Which is uh, not something you want to see if you're Milwaukee. But Milwaukee has Brandon Woodruff going on Monday against Blake Snell. Then on Tuesday, on Tuesday you have Corbin Burns going against Joe Musgrove, two two guys that have been doing extremely well this year. Then on Wednesday you have uh, Adrian Hauser versus Chris Paddock. Uh, you know, not not the best two going at it, but uh, you know it's Brewers Padres nonetheless on Wednesday. And then on Thursday you have Brett Anderson against uh, a starter that is to be determined. So it's going to be a good four-gamer between the Brewers and Padres. Potentially, this is where the Padres can kind of continue their dominance or the Brewers can kind of uh, put a stop to all that. So yeah. uh, pretty interesting series. But, you know, Wednesday night, you probably should watch Bauer versus the Astros. That's going to be a Do point. Do you have any predictions? Like, it can or, be it can be game-related. It could be Bauer-related. It could be, like... Like, remember in Kansas City last year when he had the T-shirt? Yeah. That, that he, like, revealed. Like, imagine he has, like, a trash can T-shirt that he just takes off after he, like, completes, like, a complete game. Yeah, I'm trying to think of what cleats he could be wearing. I mean, the MLB is 100% going to find him. Yeah. The MLB is going to have, like, a security guard 
just like on call that's just gonna have to like arrest him off the mound the second he does something yeah i think he already wore trash can cleats last year um i forget i forget if he did i'm gonna look that up but uh yeah i mean there's there's a lot to predict you know the astro i think that the astros offense has actually been doing very well pretty well yeah. yeah um so I'm not sure, although they do have outside of Jordan Alvarez, it's mostly righties that have been that are that are usually doing well. And Kyle Tucker, of course. Uh Trevor Bauer, Trevor Bauer garbage trash can trash can cleats. Um yeah, it seems like it. There we go. I Did you get fined for that or something? Uh no, because it wasn't. Um, I guess they it wasn't uh, anything with the rules. I'm gonna screen share it. This is what this oh. is what. Uh, yeah, yeah. As you can see on YouTube, just has some trash cans on his feet. Nothing else. Just just trash cans. Um, I don't know. Or actually, it was the White Sox game that he did. Yeah, he did. He did that against the White Sox when he got homered off of uh, Tim Anderson. I forget if it was once or twice, but also like the the whole the fact that he's playing for the Dodgers adds a whole element to the whole like Bauer versus the Astros thing because it's the whole Dodgers team hates them. Bauer hates them. He's outwardly hated them for years, even before the scandal. Like this is going to be a wild ride on on Wednesday. Yeah, I wonder if that played any factor into him signing. Probably not, but like I doubt it. But I mean, the the shared uh, contempt for the Astros organization is. Something I mean, that... I feel like some of the guys on the team are probably over it just because they actually did win a World Series. But I mean, like, I don't know. Bauer obviously has not done that, so he yeah. definitely has that. Yeah, it'll be uh, it'll be fun, and you know, while he still has the opportunity to do it, as you know. I think it's been mentioned only like five of the players from the 2017 team are still on the Astros. And then, you know, Correa is going to leave after this year, but probably. Yeah. So, you know, he has to, well, he has the opportunity. He's got to do whatever trolling he can do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm very excited. I mean, here's the thing. It has to be like, he's got to be in line for the win and he's got to dominate. Like if he comes out in the seventh inning in a in like a one nothing Astros ball game, like he can't he can't do anything. And he, at the same time, if he like if he once again like he did in his last start, if he has 126 pitches through six and a third, and he's up like he's winning like five to four or something, like he doesn't have room. Like he's got to be dominating and he's got to be in line for the win. Yeah, really able to do it. Yeah, uh, actually now that makes me curious as to who he's facing. Wednesday so, uh, night. It was one of the newer guys. It was most definitely not someone who was there in 2017, which I don't think anyone from that team on the pitching staff still is. Luis Garcia. Uh, I think it's Garcia. Luis Garcia. So, but in terms of, you know, being able to put yourself in line for the win, um, you know, Garcia's been doing pretty good, but uh, Bauer probably has the advantage. Well, so, yeah, it's only a two game series. You also got Kershaw versus Grinky on. Oh, yeah, uh, right. On two uh, two future Hall of Famers. Your future Hall of Famers and former teammates. Correct, yeah. The one-two punch of the 2015 and 2016 Dodgers. 
no, no not 2016. 2014. 2014 and 2015 Dodgers. Yeah. So that does it for this edition of above replacement radio we hope you enjoyed this one uh if you want to watch the conversation as it happens go to our youtube channel it is called above replacement radio and subscribe to the youtube channel watch you know the playlists the history series the bubble case breakdowns for the hall of fame and also follow us on social media follow me on twitter at chris underscore gianta follow daniel on both twitter and instagram at daniel underscore curran uh you know on tuesday wish him a happy birthday on those on those social media oh platforms. geez you don't you don't have to you, you definitely ahead. don't have to do that go ahead and do it you know on may 25th if you if you want to uh at daniel underscore current on those platforms and also uh yeah yeah follow the show instagram at above replacement radio for all the show uh needs and stuff and maybe Sometimes some uh, stat graphics, if I'm feeling it. So we hope you enjoyed this one, and we hope to see you on probably Thursday. Where we- this conversation, this conversation is over. Is over.